Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry, uh, Larry Kay, and I, I'm a recovered compulsible reader from Chicago. Today is uh, July 20th, 2016, and today we are going to be uh, reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are continuing in the promises here. We're on page 83, uh, the last paragraph, which uh, starts if we are painstaking. Um, we're going to read the entire paragraph ending with God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. So we're going to focus our comments on the, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. So uh, today's readers, let me give them to you. We have Anne-Marie M. on the 12 Steps. Christine M. is going to read the 12 Traditions. And the readers of the text, we have Monica T., Judy F., and Julie R., we had the reference number for yesterday, which was Tuesday, July 19th, is 8927. That's 8927. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through, first you you gotta get abstinent, so through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now let me ask uh, Anne-Marie M. if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 steps. Anne-Marie? Okay. Thank you, Larry. Can you hear me? I can. You're coming through loud and clear. Okay. You know what? I think we Larry, you didn't, answer, you didn't answer fast enough. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. We couldn't hear you. <laughs> That's just me, my impulsiveness. I thought you didn't hear me. Okay. Sorry. All right. This is Anne-Marie um, Possible we eat in South Carolina. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, committed to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're in we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take a personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and practice these principles in all our affairs. And I apologize for my impulsiveness. Thank you for letting me um, read. Hey, from one compulsive person to another, I thought I was, I, I think I muted myself. Okay, thanks so much, Anne-Marie. Came through loud and clear. So next, let me ask uh, Christine M. to read the 12 Traditions. Christine. Yes, hello, everyone. Good morning. My name is Christine M., gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater from Missouri. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group are never endorsed finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service this morning, and I pass. Thanks so much, Christine. Appreciate that. So sometimes our meeting works, um, and here's how it works. Uh, Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes in length. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. Uh, There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic, so just jump on in if you're sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're gonna resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, We are currently on page 83, the last paragraph, which starts if we are painstaking. And let me ask uh, Monica T. to begin reading. Good morning, Harmonica. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater here in Florida. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. 
We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And I'm still Monica T., a recovered compulsive overeater here. So we're going to comment. Our comments are on the last um, set of promises here, and I wanted to to point out. You know, here we are on page eighty three, eighty four, with our beautiful ninth step promises, and that these promises are the opposite of the bedevilments that we read on page fifty two. You know, just a mere little thirty one pages ago. So. I'm just going to give you a little, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. The opposite of that was we were prey to misery and depression. You know, when I came into OA 10 years ago, definitely miserable, depressed, black hole, um, couldn't stop eating, just awful, you know, hell. Today, you know, that's gone whole different view on life you know like was that earlier the sun is shining inside and out wow fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us the bedevilment to that we couldn't make a living or i couldn't be happy with the living i was making we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us the bedevilment on that one was we were full of fear you know, and, I, and with doing my four-step inventory, I learned I was full of fear. I didn't think I was, but I was. Underneath everything was some type of a fear. And when you go through the work, you know, what's happened in those 31 pages? I've done the cleaning house steps. I'm cleaning. I've gotten my house cleaned out. So I don't have all these fears in there. And if a fear pops up, I know, God, please remove this from me. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, you know. And here's, you know, most of all here, God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. You know, and when I doubt that, if I have doubts about this God thing, you know, I have to just be quiet and pause and look back over my shoulder. And I always ask myself, Monica, can you deny that a power greater than you has been working here with you all these years? And my answer is always emphatically no. No, 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 because he has been there, you know. I've been abstinent. I've been the same size for 10 years. I can't believe it. I couldn't stay the same size for three days. You know, he's given me all kinds of gifts. I see things differently. And, you know, when I'm in a dark spot, and those days still happen, it's like, you know, can you deny there's somebody, there's something? No, I cannot. So hang in there and keep doing what you're doing. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Bye. Monica. Bye, for, for your... I was just doing some documentation. Okay, so here's here's a good opportunity for me to do my job. 
Um, and one of my jobs is make sure that everyone's muted here. So um, before I before I take some names here, um, if you'd mute your phone once you're once you're done, give me your name. Who would like to share on what was read? This is Tina Eck, and I share. Kim G. Melissa C. Talia. Lynn S. Julie R. Judy F. All right, I'm scribbling here. I'm scribbling. I'll tell you who I got. I have Bella, Tina, Kim, Melissa, Sally, Lynn, Judy F. Who did I miss? Julie R. Get out of here. Get out of here. I didn't miss anybody. <laughs> hey, Julie. I got you there. Okay. <laughs> so so um, uh, here we go. We got Bella, Tina, Kim, Melissa, Sally, Lynn, Judy, and then Julie, and then we'll we'll pick up from there. So if you're not Bella, if you would just be kind enough to mute yourself again. Good morning, Bella. Good morning, Glory. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Thank you very much. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Larry, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful paragraph. And um, fear of people. Yes, you know, before the program, when I was connected only to my ego, I was a people pleaser, and I... I had a fear from everybody, from all the people around. I wanted to be so good and so nice and to everybody, and I wanted to do what everybody wanted for me, what I believe that they want for me, what I believe that they expect for me, and I didn't, I didn't listen. I didn't know what I wanted to know. To, to do, and I was full of fear, full of fear that brought me to anger, to disappointment, and yes, to be depressed, definitely. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes, all the promises from this paragraph, yes, they happened to me, and they are continue to happening to me. As soon as I, you know, I leave the steps one day at a time, and I am connected to a loving, accepting God. And I learned to, to be connected to, to myself, not to my ego, to myself. I learned to accept myself, and I learned to accept others. I learned to accept myself as not a perfect person, and I will never be perfect. And I learned to accept that all people around, they are also not perfect and never perfect. And it's such a peaceful feeling to be connected to God. And yes, when I, you know, I am still human and I still have my character defects. And yes, when I have those moments that I have fear, I know I am connected to God. And God is doing for me what I can do for myself. And yes, I know today how to deal with the fear, and I am not scared anymore from this fear. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks so much, Bella. If you're just joining us, we're, we're reading uh, we, uh, Monica read page 83, the last paragraph, starting if we are painstaking, and our comments 
are going to focus on our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. So next we have Tina followed by Kim G. Tina, good morning. Morning, Larry. Uh, Tina asked compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great stuff. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. You know, it still amazes me. And how do I get here from there? I think we're on page 84, and that's the way. You know, 84 pages prior to is how I get here from there. And I get a little emotional when I think about this because fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. I mean, that paralyzed me for years. Uh, fear of people and of economic insecurity. So therefore, I wasn't able to do anything. And uh, at the bottom of this paragraph, it says, God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. You know, I still have some fears. And, um, you know, it says fear of people and economic insecurity. It doesn't say that, you know, economic insecurity is going to leave me. You know, it says fear of it. And that's my experience today, you know. Stuff still comes up and I go, oh, man, I really don't want to do this. But then I say, okay, God, you know, I'm, I'm inviting you in. Let's do this. Let's do this because my experience over the years has proven to me that with God, anything is possible. And that's just the truth. And I think I used to think people were blowing smoke when they said that stuff. You know, I really did. I thought, ah, yeah, come on. Tell me the truth here. Well, the truth is, you know, that this stuff exists in my life today, but I have an opportunity to, to do it differently. And that's what has happened for me. And, and I love this. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. I used to be baffled quite often. And, you know, and today I don't do this stuff on my own because on my own I can still be baffled. But, you know, I have a sponsor who I share a lot of stuff with. And over the years, I, could, I will tell her anything and everything. And what a gift. That's also a gift from God. So, you know, I just love this stuff. I love doing it. I love getting what I'm getting. So I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. And, uh, and I really thank you guys for being on the line. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Tina. Okay, so we have Kim G. followed by Melissa. Kim, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm going to zone in on the same thing Tina had that talked about. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. It does not mean that people and economic insecurity will leave us. It's the fear of it will leave us. And, and I have to tell you, you know, I, I think of Bill's story that I had arrived moment. And I always had that I had arrived moment when I got to goal weight. I mean, I always thought, well, if I get to a size six, I'm going to open up my front door and Brad Pitt's going to be there. Woo! Like that's going to be my reward. And I kind of had that same approach to the steps. Oh, okay. So if I get through these steps, then everything is going to go my way. I won't be afraid. I won't have resentments. All my relationships will work out because everyone's going to be so happy that I'm thin. And that's what I find a lot of people do. They get complacent once they get to this point. Because if you're getting the promises, why do the work? Why do the work? You know, I often talk to people who say they're living in 10, 11, and 12, yet they can't even describe what 10 and 11 is. And I heard this great analogy. What is it like to live in 10, 11, and 12? You know, as an addict, as someone whose brain is wired differently and needs this daily reprieve through working the steps, it is like I am on an up on an um, escalator that is going down, but I have to go up. So I have to constantly move on that elevator in order to get up. If I stand still, the elevator starts to pull me down. Now, that may not seem fair. Most people get to walk up the up escalator, but I have to fully concede who and what I am. I have an allergy to the body, which will never change, and I have a mind that untreated will always bring me back to that first bite. So my lot in life is I have to 
constantly work the steps. I have to be constantly moving in 10, 11, and 12. Because what I have learned is that recovery doesn't mean that resentment, fear, and relationships will go away and that things will work out my way. What I have learned is that this skill set we are now at the end of, if I employ it on a daily basis, I can live a life that is happy, joyous, and free. Quite simply, I love this little saying I was told once, is a bird can fly in your head, but you don't need to build it a nest. Birds are going to fly in my head. Resentment's going to come up. Fear of people's going to come up. Economic insecurity's going to come up. But I have now a skill set, only if employed, which means I do not have to stay there. And if I do not employ the skill set, those resentments will come back. I will become restless. I will become irritable, and I will become discontent. And my brain needs relief. And if I don't give it relief through working the steps, a connection with a power, and working with others, my brain will default back to the only thing it's ever known is to pick up the food, and I am fully convinced that to drink is to die. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Kim. So we have Melissa next, followed by Sally. Melissa, good morning. Hi. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. Melissa, compulsive overeater in New York, recovered. Um, gosh, now I'm thinking about that bird in my brain, and what a great, what a great image. I really appreciate that. Um, and I love this meeting. I love getting to hear. Um, everybody's um, take on these, these promises, and it really brings it to life for me. Um, you know, my whole attitude and outlook on life has truly changed. At one time, um, and truly most of my life, I was always trying to get my way, you know, not just for me, um, but, you know, in my loving way for those I loved because I believed I knew what was best and life was good only when things went my way, when people did what I wanted. Um, I didn't even see it that way because I saw that things were either right or they were wrong. And, um, and of course, I knew what was right. You know, I wanted everyone to do what was right. So if my boss was unfair or my sister didn't do something I thought she should do or my husband, um, he didn't pick up after himself, I would get pissed off and stay stuck in that feeling because every small bump, felt huge, and then um, when big problems came up, like death and loss and sickness, I was overwhelmed. You know, I had no way to ride the storm. All I had was the food. Um, That soothed me, and it numbed me from my discomfort. And, you know, today, my attitude is of of acceptance, one where I can really set aside what I believe to be true and be open to have an entirely new experience. that serenity prayer defines my attitude today. And fear of people and economic insecurity, um, that was my life. You know, I was physically uncomfortable. I was morbidly obese. And I believed my size made me less than inferior. And, um, and I was taught to cover up the things you don't want others to know. And you can't really cover up when you have got a weight problem like that. So, um, People terrified me, and the thought of being broke scared me too. And I was irresponsible with money. I, I spent a lot of money on food, on quick weight loss schemes, clothes on every size. All these things can destroy my finances. Um, today, that is not my life. Um, I have an intuition I can rely on. I know that's God speaking to me. God guides me. And when I feel unsettled and that's unclear, I have a fellowship of recovered people who can help me see my part and lovingly bring me back um, into acceptance. And, 
you know, initially the promise I just wanted was thinness, and today I have gratitude that I got so fat because it brought me to the real solution. Thank you so much. Um, just doing it together. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, we have Sally followed by Lynn. Sally, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Larry. <laughs> I'm not going to start singing, but I, I'm great, grateful for your uh, You're much better than I am, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> um, good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, A Vision, um, a vision for You. I uh, just want to just say in, in light of our um, our new year that we're in right now, I just want to express my gratitude for this particular meeting and what it has done to change my life. And we're talking about change this morning. On page 84, we're talking about this one sentence, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. I had an interesting conversation with my sponsor on Monday morning, and she highlighted for me a sentence that just didn't quite mean the same thing as it does today. It's on the bottom of XXVIII, in the middle of that really important paragraph, uh, the very bottom of XXVIII in the fourth edition, it says, to them their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. And this really has been speaking to me volumes in this last couple of days. I've given a lot of thought to this sentence. To them their alcoholic life. You see, I had a lifestyle that was wrapped around my eating, my whole life wrapped around my eating. I went to work and I found ways to binge while I was at work, and I left work and I found ways to binge on the way home from work. From the minute I even got up in the morning, I was figuring out what I was going to do that day. Was I going to be on a diet? Was I going to be on a, what binge I was going to have? I mean, my whole life wrapped around my lifestyle. And, and so when they give us that sentence at the bottom of XXVIII, to them their alcoholic life seems the only natural one, I want to say that what, what happens in this program is that we develop a new way of living, a new design of living, a new manner of living. These expressions, and we see here, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Everything has to change. That word change is used many times. In this big book, I don't have a time to share all of the ways that they use it, but I'm going to take you to the, the end of the book, 567, where there's three times it says the word change in the spiritual experience. In the first paragraph, the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. So we have a personality change. In the middle of the book, in the middle of that page, 567, it says God's consciousness followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. And then at the bottom of the page, about six lines up, it says he finally realized that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reactions to life and that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. I wish I could take 15 minutes to talk about change, but I want to just end by saying that that's what this is all about, a new way of living, a whole attitude and outlook, our whole outlook an attitude upon life has to change in order for us to put the food down. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thanks, Sally. Okay, so we have uh, Lynn followed by Judy. Hey, Lynn, good morning. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. I got back from holidays 
last week, and, and I always have trouble when I come back from holidays getting readjusted into life and, and uh, back into program. Um, and what I mean by back into program is going to my meetings, getting online, getting on the phone. It, it takes a while for me to switch over. And when I was looking at these promises, I was realizing, because um, one of the things that happens is I, I think in my head, well, I was fine for the three weeks I was away. I, I kind of don't want to do this stuff. Or I'm just, I'm just off. I'm out of sorts. I'm off. And I'm back on track now. But what I was realizing was I was getting these promises while I was away. I was sitting in well with my family. We got along. Um, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't sort of sitting in the corner muttering to myself, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Why aren't I included? All those things that were my alcoholic life were gone. And especially that feeling of uselessness and self-pity. It had disappeared and I felt one of, I felt part of. And the only reason I got any of this while I was away was because I'm working the program. And I remember being ever so grateful when I was away and so many God moments and feeling so grateful and realizing you know, you sometimes have the out-of-body experience where you're watching yourself in a situation and you're going, oh, my God, that's the grace of God flowing through me. It never could have been like this before. And even my cousin approached me and said, you know, I, I, are you doing okay? I know that sometimes it's difficult for you because you like things to be a certain way and you're out of your comfort zone, sort of that kind of talk. And I asked her later and I said, is, is everything okay? Like, am I, am I okay? And she goes, no, you're great, but I know... You know, you like sort of to have control of things, of your situation. And how does she know that? And it always amazes me how we think that, that you know, our, our character defects are our, our, our hidden character defects and we're not expressing them. And obviously, you know, she's known me for over 60 years. She knows how it goes. But um, I'm just sitting here reflecting on the time I had away. I am so grateful. And the only way I can continue along that line or have repeated experiences of that is if I come back, settle down, work the program, get my God consciousness going, help others, do the steps. That's my life now. And and it's an amazing life. It's a wonderful life. And I and I know after the meeting I will be sitting down and reflecting on these promises because it has literally changed my life. I've just experienced that change, and I am so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lynn. Okay, so we have Judy followed by Julie. Um, good morning, Judy. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me? I can. You're coming through loud and clear. Great. Thank you, Larry. This is Judy F. Recovered Compulsive Reader from Massachusetts. I just had to jump in here. Uh, with what's happened in my life, you know, that our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. And before I, I took the, you know, worked through these steps and, and had that personality change as a result of the steps and as a result of having God in charge of my life, my, my attitude was always, well, one of fear and that comes, but, um, uh, you know, that fear of not getting what I want or need and having to, just push my ego through to get what I needed and um, coming up with self-pity and and just waiting for the shoe to drop. 
um, it, it, it was just a terrible way of life, of life. And, that, and that's why I went to the food to have that comfort and needs because life just seemed too difficult to me. And today, um, it's, you know, having that attitude of gratitude and, and looking how with everything, looking at what good God's going to make of it and just living with an attitude of um, depending on God, not on myself and my my figuring it out. Figuring out was a tool for me, which didn't work. Food was a tool for me, which didn't work. And And now I have... Um, these steps and also the the experience of step nine having to go to people that I was afraid to go to and walking through that with God the only way I did it was with my higher power and with the support of my um, recovered sponsor and other people in this program that I would call before going and one really big one with my my um, brother who had untreated alcoholism and mental illness and to go and and humble myself before him to own my part in things and not knowing if I was going to be hurt again by him or not, but knowing that God God was bigger than any of my fears, um, than anyone. And having that experience then brought me to a place that if I can do that, then anything can happen. And a couple of months ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and that whole the whole process of having the surgery and, and now the recovery and it going slower than I that I thought it would, I just know all all is fundamentally well. It it um looking for and there's been such blessings for it. It's um and looking at the blessings and not at what the difficulty is. Um that is just a, truly because of my higher power in these steps. And with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy, for your, for your share. Um, so we have Julie next. Julie, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. This is Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater in California. Oh, such a powerful uh, sentence. Our whole attitude and outlook, outlook upon life will change. Before, I was always on the defensive. I was going to be prepared for anything, anybody, whatever situation could possibly, uh, you know, arise. I would take care of it before it it happened. And it would be, if I was talking to somebody, I would be calculated. You know, I was already thinking about what my response was going to be. And I was like this bull in a china cabinet. I mean, I came in because I had so much fear, so much anger, so many resentments that I would just let me sucker punch you first so then I don't have to deal with it. And I look at that now, my whole life was calculating. One, of course, with the food. How can I get more? How can I eat it without you watching me? How can I replace it? Um, how can I go hide the wrappings? I mean, it was all, I was trying to be one, two, three, four steps ahead of everything. And that's very tiring. You know, yeah, being, you know, 300 pounds is tiring itself. But what was in my head? Because my, you know, my disease centers in my head. So it doesn't matter if I'm 10 pounds overweight or 300 pounds overweight. And so I was always one step ahead, as so I thought. And now it's like I can look at my day when um, I did my nightly review last night, and I was so excited because I had, I wasn't, um, I didn't know an apology. I didn't, um, I wasn't resentful. I was selfish for something, but it's like, it's so different. It's night and day. If you could put Julie 
a picture of her brain and her thoughts and her body, you know, two years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, and her today, her body, her thoughts, her mind, her soul. It, it was a totally different woman. So I am, you know, I get to live for free. You know, the food's down. I have zero food thoughts. I'm in black and white, total abstinence. I'm at goal weight, but that's the beginning. It's I am not manipulative. I am not uh, dishonest in my marriage. I am free. And why? It's because of this program going through the steps in order and working, living in 10, 11, and 12. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. I'm going to take a quick turn, and then I'm going to open it up because um, we'll just stay here if people want to share. Just a quick one. Um, let me illustrate for you an example of how God has changed my whole constitution um, as a result of, of, of this beautiful process of recovery, this step process. So let me give you an example that will paint the picture for you. Um, I think I've shared this before on this line. but um, So there I was uh, driving. This was the type of guy I was. I was driving down the interstate, going a great distance, Got off for gas, got back on because I was so argumentative in my own mind and with the person seated next to me, which is my ex-wife, which might paint a little picture for you too. I, had two of, I have two of those, two ex-wives. I authored a lot of my own misery. Um, but I was, this was many years ago before recovery. And um, I got back on, after getting, you know, on the interstate after getting gas. And I got back on going the wrong way. Um, and did not realize, because I was so self-centered to the extreme, so focused on my own, you know, argumentative nature. I don't know what I was arguing about. It was always something. I didn't notice it for about an hour. Here was the guy I was. So there I'm going on the interstate about, you know, 70 miles an hour. And uh, I just, with my right, as I'm driving, with my right, I had my left hand on the steering wheel with the right hand. Now, I didn't wind up. I just, just, I punched the windshield right in front of me, darn it, you know, like one of those types of things, uh, more than a darn it, okay? And as I'm going down the interstate, the whole windshield just spider webs from end to end. Now, windshields don't shatter. Can you imagine, can you imagine, now you're seated next to me. That was the man that I was. I'm not that man anymore. Now, if your jaw is opening, you said, Larry, I don't I had this, I, Larry, I had this perception. Okay, but that was the guy I was. I was that type of person. But I'm not that way anymore. And it wasn't, I didn't have some great epiphany. What happened was I worked these steps. I did not expect this to happen to me. And God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. He changed my whole attitude and outlook upon life. And um, yes, the food obsessions are gone. Thank you, God. But um, my whole constitution has changed. With that, I'll pass. Let me open it up. Who else would like to share on what, uh, on what was read? Nessa R. Renee Mary B. Katie from Boston. Leah M. Kim Kimberly L. Michael W. Leah F. Okay. I, I'm sh I heard you, Renee. Um, okay, okay, here's who I have. I, yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, here's who I have, and I probably left someone out. I have Nessa, Renee, Leah M, Kimberly, Nadia, and Leah S. Who did I leave out, if we have time? Mary B. Reva okay. P. Leslie W. 
Okay, you know what? I um, and I apologize if we don't. Yeah, I, I apologize if we don't get to everyone here. Um, and that's just my 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 hearing. I'm so sorry. So we're going to go with this. We're going to start with uh, we're going to go Nessa, Renee, Leah M, Kimberly, Nadia, Leah S, Mary B, and Leslie. Um, and I, my sincere apologies to everyone else here. Nessa, good morning. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I want to focus on God um, is doing for me what I could not do for myself um, because I hear this in the rooms a lot as an excuse for not doing anything, for not changing, for not being abstinent, you name it. And I know this too because I did it. Oh, you know, I cannot put down the food. I guess God will do it for me. And, you know, the corollary to this statement is that God will not do for me what I can do for myself. It says, it says what we could not do for ourselves, not what we won't do for ourselves. So God will not weigh and measure my food. God will not keep my hands away from the bakery boxes and the cellophane bags. God will not keep my hand away from my mouth. He will not do my 10 steps for me. He will not set up my alarm so I can wake up early to have time for my prayer and meditation. He will not dial the phone so I can, you know, call my sponsor. He will not answer the phone so that I can speak to my sponsees. You know, that is my job. You know, God's job is to remove my character defects and the food obsession when he thinks that it is the right time for me. And I, I need to remember that. Um, you know, my job is the footwork. God's job is the outcome and not the way around, not the other way around, uh, which is often what is, is confused um, with this statement. So um, Ness's job, footwork. God's job, outcome. Um, as long as I do my work, God will do his, and I just have to trust that he's capable, which my God is big enough, and he is definitely more capable to deal with outcomes than I am. So I just need to do for myself what I can do, and leave what I cannot to God, and I pass. Thanks so much, Nessa. Next, we have Renee, followed by Leah. Renee, good morning. Good morning, Larry, and don't sing Walk Away, Renee. (laughs) (laughs) I know you like to sing. I do, too. Um, (laughs) Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Renee C. from Wallingford, Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia, And this morning I am feeling incredibly grateful and very grateful for the words that we're reading that just are jumping out at me all over the place. And, Larry, please chime me. Um, Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. And um, if you had told me 20-some-odd years ago when I first came into program that I was going to have to do a complete change, I probably would have turned around and walked out the door. And it took me three years to obtain physical abstinence, but it's been an ongoing process through the steps, through the book, the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book. And... um, my whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Do I have my difficult moments? Do I have times where I feel like I just can't do it another day? Absolutely, I'm human. But most days, I do not live in fear of people. 
I own my responsibility for my side of the street, and I'm going through a lot of life challenges all piled upon each other. It's kind of like the circus person that's got the the plates in the air, and I'm running from plate to plate. (laughs) But the great thing is I don't have to do this alone. This is a WE program, and I can do it with my fellows, with my higher power whom I choose to call God. And lastly, very quickly, I am incredibly grateful and very, very humbled. Both of my cancers are stable. They're not in remission. They're not gone. I had uh, a scan on Monday, and on Tuesday I saw my oncologist, and uh, we're continuing with the chemotherapy, but it's very positive. And this was a type of cancer that had had and has a very poor outcome. So... For that miracle and all the prayers in in the world, I am so very grateful. And thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Renee. Leah M., followed by Kimberly. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Larry. Thanks so much. Love the laughter. Thank you. Um, Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. You know, (laughs) I was reflecting earlier, you know, how – you know, a vision for you celebrates its fourth anniversary. Its specific first day was July 18th, four years ago, and that we're on the promises. And the whole point of this meeting um, is to shout the great news um, that there is a way out, you know, a way out of bondage of the compulsive overeating and a new way of life. And certainly, you know, when we read these promises, uh, we can see Recovery is measured. You know, this this is how you can reflect uh, upon your status of recovery. And what a program of attraction it is when you get a group of people um, so diverse, the tapestry so colorful here on the line, the meeting wraps the globe in terms of its fellowship, and yet we all can relate to this paragraph as a result of the steps that we have um, applied in our lives. That's the program of attraction. You know, we often place emphasis in OA on abstinence, but that isn't the goal of the program. The goal of this program is this spiritual awakening, is this whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. The change, the, the change that is created as a result of these steps that produce a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery and to allow us and to enable us to live happy, joyous, and free. And if people can see that, or at least people can hear that has happened to us, they'll be attracted to the program. That's our message. You know, we don't gather here on the line, you know, like a juicy novel that you pick up in your bestseller section of your local Barnes & Noble. Um, you know, we are here to tell our stories and, and, you know, what it was like, what happened, what we're like today. Uh, this is not about our personal success. This is about what happens through our human failure and shortcomings when the grace of God, as a result of these steps, come in and make something of that human failure. And that's what transformation is. That's what transformation is. You know, I don't know if you're like me, but if you are like me, I was the greatest obstacle to my recovery. My mind, my thinking, my judgment, doing what I thought was best is what got me here. And it's the program of recovery that changed me. And that's why, you know, we talk about, the big book talks about being reborn. 
How can these people enslaved by compulsive overeating that you hear every day rise up out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body? You know, after engaging in this process, having had a spiritual awakening, having been restored to sanity, soundness of mind, freed from the beast, that is a message of hope and possibility. And that's what I'm so grateful that, you know, we have this fellowship that brings that message loud and clear. And I test. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Okay, we have Kimberly followed by Nadia. Kimberly, good morning. Good morning. This is Kimberly L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Georgia. And I just want to give the newcomer that's on the line hope. Um, So I walked into my first OA meeting when I was 17, and I'm 45 now. So I've been hearing these promises for quite a long time. And I have to say that it sounded like words to me. It sounded nice, and it sounded exciting, but it just sounded like words. And thank you, God, since February of this year, I've been working the steps as outlined in the big book for the first time in almost 30 years. And these promises are actually coming true. Some are coming true um, more quickly than others. Um, So fear of people has been one that I have been relieved of. I can now look people in the eye and that is truly only because I've been doing my amends. That's something that has really come true for me. And that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. If you would have asked me six months ago if I would be doing the things today for my program that I'm doing, I would have said, heck no. But I want these promises, and I see them coming true every day. I put in the footwork. I put in the hard work. I continue to do what I'm told to do, and I reach out to others, and I work the steps. And these promises are becoming real words to me, and they're ringing true in my life. So I just want to give the newcomer some hope um, because these, these promises are really starting to come true in my life, and for that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kimberly. Okay, we have Nadia followed by Leah. Nadia, good morning to you. Good morning, family. Um, my name is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, in Connecticut, really grateful, and you know, so grateful in this um, our anniversary week. Um, while comparing, you know, befores and afters, uh, you know, before deciding to embark on this journey to find the solution and after, and um, what comes to mind to me is just gratitude. You know, I'm really over um, filled with gratitude right now Uh, because, you know, going through this process, um, you know, going through steps one through nine uh, was um, challenging, you know, at times. And um, while going through this process, I had a lot of help. They say, you know, it takes a village to raise, uh, a comp- you know, to help a compulsive overeater. And, you know, it took a village, it took this fellowship, it took all of you guys to um, actually get me through this process. Um, and I felt really carried through. Um, and, you know, for a newcomer, what I wanted to say that I'm not abstinent for 10 years. 
um, I have um, started working um, the steps October of last year, and um, it's been under a year for me. Only a few months ago, I finished with my, um, I finished my verbal and financial amends, and. Um, you know, these promises are true for me today, and that's why I'm so grateful. As I am, um, I have gone through this process, uh, you know, today, today I'm realizing suddenly that God has done for me what I could not do for myself for years before I've um, worked the steps um, this way the big book way and um i'm suddenly realizing it every morning that god is doing for me what i could not do for myself um all um also i have to say that god is not weighing and measuring my food god did not make my amends for me but i felt helped um i feel changed today it did not happen overnight but every day that i'm working this program, um, I am realizing that God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia. We have Leah S., and then we're going to follow it up with one of my good teachers who doesn't know she's my teacher, Mary B. Leah, good morning. Thank you so much, Larry. Thank you, everyone. Um, Very first and foremost, this is Leah S. from Brooklyn, New York, a recovered compulsive overeating. And the first thing I want to say is that I am so grateful to this meeting and that I was introduced to this meeting back in December of 2012. And um, I have um, my whole attitude and my whole life, um, my whole outlook on life will change. And it has. It has. It's not only has changed me um, to to try to do it until I'm on a diet, so to speak. It has changed me completely. In going through these steps, the church road that 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 uh, that that we go through, that I go through, um, there were times when I used to say, okay, you know what? Um, today I might not do the program because I have a negative day, and in in the end it just it just didn't make any sense because this program is so ingrained already within me. It has changed me from the inside out. I know now, and I truly believe that there is only a greater power that can really help me through with my life and and whatever else that is going on. It is so amazing. And, and there's one more thing. I didn't even think about those promises while I was doing the steps. And the promises are coming true. And they're happening. It's like amazing. There's no adjective to even describe it. And thank you all. I'll pass. Thank you, Leah. My apologies to Leslie, Katie, and Reva. Mary, can you wrap us up? Thank you, Larry. Thank you so much for your service and your humor. (laughs) Thank you. This is Mary B. Gratefully Recovered in Central California, and I'm going to try to keep this short because I'm kind of repeating what everybody has shared so beautifully today. 
And um, I came into Overeaters Anonymous, a great big bundle of fear. And one of my big fears was of something that I loved to do, I would almost say more than anything, um, and that is travel. And I used to find every excuse. And the first one was, I'm too fat and I can't wear my clothes. And I don't want to go. I don't want to go on a trip. Well, that certainly has been taken away from me so beautifully. I'm actually below my goal and 80 pounds down. And the other one was we can't afford it. And, oh, my gosh, that was, my husband heard me say that. He would get so upset. But I used it because I was afraid. And uh, here we are now. I'm 79. My husband's 91. I keep saying this. He's losing his vision. And we've been talking and talking about taking a trip. And I found a a cruise that uh, we hadn't been on before. And um, talked to him, everything. We're going to go and got to do it while we can. And I'm watching the news and they talk about the stocks for cruise ships and airlines dropping because people are afraid to travel. And I picked up the phone and I called. I didn't call my sponsor. I didn't do a 10-step. didn't even think about it. I called my travel agent and booked the trip. And after I hung up, I thought, wow, that's when I get that. Wow, I just did it. And um, and I'm having these experiences all the time. I was born in Chicago, Larry. I grew up in L.A., but I think I'm from Missouri somewhere, that show-me state. And it's experiences like that that I've had over and over and over again as a result of working this program that deepens my faith and trust in that higher power because I know he's a work for me. I think that's it. Thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. It works. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Uh, we're going to close uh, with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Judy F., are you available to read 164? Hi, Larry. It's Judy F. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.